Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate this ship today, I just want to tell you, as always, how you can participate in the show. You can participate by emailing us. That's at Road to Damascus. That's Road the Number Two Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach out to us on our social medias. That's Twitter as well as Instagram. And we officially have a TikTok account. And that's Road to Damascus. That is Road the Number Two Damascus. Now, there's no content yet on the TikTok, but um, we'll be getting there. I have some goals that I want to accomplish on the podcast this year, and I'm looking for the Lord to do it. So this is our first episode of our new season, season three. We took a little break for the holiday. Um, so I'm excited about today's show. It's going to be a very, very great show. And uh, let me introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the ship. To my left, as usual, that's why Shonda sat and switched her seat today. At, to my left, as usual, is my main man, Steph. Say what up to the people, Steph. Say what's up. Say what's, what's up? up? What's up? And to my right, the returning champion, the sage one, the the great and powerful Oz, the wise one, you know her as Rabbi Shonda. Say what's up to the people, Rabbi. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back in the studio with my brothers. Well, we've missed you. And last but certainly not least, we have a special guest today. Yes, the pastor, the man who mentors me, mentors Shonda, my pastor, my personal pastor of our church, uh, Consuming Fire Christian Center, Pastor Keith Hudson. Welcome, Pastor. Welcome. We're glad to be here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're glad to have you. Appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you being here. It was going to be a great show. He's, we have a topic we're going to discuss, and then he's going to tell us some past episodes that he might have um, had a difference of opinion with us on here. So, uh, But we appreciate you being on, Pastor. I really do. So thank you for um, spending your, 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 your time with us today. So to the topic. Um, recently... Um, I saw a video with um, a well-known YouTuber named Alan Parr. And um, on this video, Alan Parr, um, which it led to a second video that I guess he recorded about two years ago, was talking about um, the Holy Ghost um, and speaking in tongues, I should say, specifically speaking in tongues. And his thing was, is speaking in tongues necessary for Christianity? And he came across as saying, he didn't think that speaking in tongues was necessary or important um, for Christians to have or to um, or not a necessary gift for all Christians to have, but that it was a part of the gift of the spirit, but not necessarily the gift that every Christian needed to have. So that's what we'll be discussing today is speaking in tongues that, um, something that we need to have is it evidence of having the holy ghost and the holy spirit so what we're going to do is we're going to do like we always do we start off with rabbi you go first 
You'll start with me. We I'll, always start with you. Season. No, I, but I'm ladies first. We always okay. do ladies first. Okay. First of all, let me say, see, y'all, we actually do have a pastor. He's here. <laughs> right. He's, he's in the show. flesh. He's well, not in the flesh. He's here via right. Zoom, but he's here. So for the people who think we just heathens that do what right. we want to do. Now he think we heathens that do what we want to do, but y'all can't think that we heathens right. that do what we want to do. <laughs> he can attest <laughs> to who we are for real. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. But uh my, my answer is yes, absolutely. I do believe that um I do believe that you that speaking in tongues is is a part of it. Um I think it's first Corinthians that says that tongues is a sign to the believer. God always gives evidence. And if we need water and spirit. Um, for transformation or to be born again. And baptism is the outward expression of that inward commitment. What would the outward expression of the inward commitment be for the spirit other than speaking in tongues? Um, How do you build a relationship with someone and you're unable to speak their language? Tongues is the language of heaven. Now, I do believe that there's a gift of tongues that not everybody will have, but how will you know that the presence of God has hit your life without some evidence. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Okay. <clears throat> this is a really good subject for, uh, for me because I, I love the, uh, the Holy spirit and the uh, personality of who he is and, and what he does. But um, I, I truly believe that the Holy spirit is a necessary piece of the profile of a believer. Okay. Um, I think there's misunderstandings about it. I also think there is, uh, uh, I think we get the gift as uh, a rabbi shined to say that there's a, there is a, a misunderstanding about the initial gift of tongues and the, the, in the, in uh, filling of tongues. And I say that for a particular reason because you know, we're born again. And any baby, if you know it's in the womb, when it comes out, what does it do? It communicates. It talks. It, it's, it, it has a language. Right. And yet, you may not know everything about the language, but it has to learn. It cries. It makes a sound. And Absolutely. so, and in the book of Isaiah, it, it talks about, you know, with stammering lips and other tongues shall I speak to these people. And I will give them rest in that. And so these are these are evidence that tongues are a necessary piece. Even though the Bible doesn't say you gotta have it, we need to interpret the fact that tongues is a necessary piece. It also tells us in our what we call our prayer language, which is the initial language that is given to us when we receive the Holy Spirit, actually is what is called the building blocks of our salvation in revelation. So that's another piece of it. Gifts of tongues is interpretation of tongues. And uh, I want to just identify what interpretation is. We can interpret things. And sometimes he said, thus said the Lord God, I hear this, you know, yes, you hear it, but you're also interpreting it. Got you. Got you. You are you get something and this is why we need to uh, judge prophecy. And this is why the Bible talks about, you know, when we do prophecy, there has to be other, there's a judge. You have to judge, others have to judge also because 
of the fact that there is an interpretation. And so based on my perspective and based on my interpretation, I could interpretate something incorrectly or interpretate a piece of it incorrectly because I have a different view. This is why we have to learn to um, hear the voice of God by practicing communication with God, which means that it brings us into intimacy with God, which means we learn the voice of God. So I'm gonna say that I'm I'll, I'll stop there because I know oh, there may be some more. Oh no no yeah we we got some questions but I appreciate that. Hey, listen, you the guest, so we are gonna give you a little extra time. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We just want folks to really know that we do have a pastor, so it's not computer animated right. or whatnot. Steph, how about you? <clears throat> I just bought a new camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I just bought a new camera, and when I started taking the pictures, a lot of the pictures look just like an iPhone. And I had to do a little bit of research. Come to find out the camera has, um, within the setting, something called S-Log3. S-Log3 allows it to shoot cinema-style videos, and the pictures are amazing. I say that to say the camera did not come with those settings already in in default. They were just basic. Had I not done the research, I would have not known that it had those extra features and settings that allow the quality of the picture. It's the exact same thing with the Holy Spirit. Those giftings are the quality that comes from the Holy Spirit. And those are different things that, that, you know, as you develop and grow, you understand what those giftings are and the quality of life changes for you to where you can be able to communicate and understand and, and the giftings in the Holy Spirit. So, Tongues are one of those those qualities that come from the Holy Spirit. All right. I was uh. thinking about that. So I think sometimes, and I think Pastor <clears throat> mentioned this too, sometimes the way we teach and talk about Holy Spirit, and okay. I don't want to say the Holy Spirit because he's a person. Right. I think sometimes we, the way we teach and talk about him, we make people think that these things happen by osmosis. You know, something has to happen. Absolutely. You know, there's something that has to happen in order for regeneration to take place. It's not just going to happen because you say, hey, um, I, I, I am saved. Yes, that's a declaration that you have to make, um, but something has to happen. And that's the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. When you have a preconceived notion of what you think something should be or what you think it is, then you read the scripture according to that, and you're looking for something to support what you believe and how you feel. And you can absolutely find that. Absolutely. But to correctly exegete, you have to scrap all you think and know and how you feel and trust Holy Spirit to lead you throughout the word. But if you have this jacked up idea of who Holy Spirit is, your revelation is not going to be clear. Amen. So, so let me ask you this, Pastor. Where, in your opinion, do you think that the, the divide happened where – we all know about 1906, Azusa Street, the Holy Spirit drops um, in Azusa Street, and, and it, it was powerful, and it, and it started a revolution in this country, and that was the birth of um, Apostolic Pentecostal Church and also the birth of Kojic um, churches and things like that. Wh- where do you think the divide, and why do you think the divide happened where it became you you can be saved, but you don't, because I was I was raised in an apostolic Pentecostal church that you were, you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, 
but then that the evidence of you receiving the Holy Ghost was speaking and uttering in other tongues. So yeah. why, where do you think that divide happened and why within the body that some people say, well, you don't have to have it, like in the video that I talked about at the beginning? Well, let me, let me just um, add something to what you initially said. Uh, the Holy Spirit has always been, and speaking in tongues has always been down through the generational line. It's just, um, it came to the United States and it was actually, it was already in the United States, but the outpouring came through Azusa Street. But okay. speaking in tongues has always been in the, in the, the line life of, uh, of, of culture down through the ages. Gotcha. Uh, it's just or the opening up of it came to the Zusa Street, and when it came, um, remember now, in the in the in the United States, there was all, there was already existing groups of religion. You had you had uh, you had the Baptists, you had Methodist. you know you had Methodists, you had, and most of these were holiness movements initially, anyway. Uh, except for they did not have the revelation of the Holy Spirit with tongues, okay? That came because of the Zuzu Street, because the timing of it came. And I believe it, the, the resistance of it has always been there. There's always an element of it there throughout the religious ages, um, especially from the 1900s down to even now. Um, but I believe what happens is, is that people get perspectives based on all these different types of teaching and they come up to conclusions. Um, how can someone know about speaking in tongues that they never experienced? Amen. Well, they have a perception that this is something that happened back in the day of the apostles. And I have not experienced it or seen the experience of it. So I don't think it's something that uh, was um, uh, 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 what I, I will use a different word. Well, I'll say it like this. I don't think it was something that was uh, 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 they just came up with. I think it was evolving of, of false revelation that the enemy took advantage because people were lacking knowledge in the religious culture. And as a result of it, it, be, it became and is more mainstream doctrine instead of the research in the different religious cultures. Because even in Pentecost, there's some people that don't believe in speaking in tongues. They call themselves Pentecostal, but they don't believe in speaking in tongues. They believe in the gifts, but speaking in tongues is only a gift to them and not necessarily part of the, the makeup of the the, the, uh, the uh, Pentecostal culture. We call it Pentecostal, but in, in, in essence what it is, it's just the believers uh, right. believers in Christ, and, and that's really what it is. So I believe that these are, and what we are seeing is the enemy taking advantage of lack of knowledge to portray that this is not a necessary thing because of the fact that if you knew the power of speaking in tongues and knew that it's a communication directly to God, then people would be more apt to dive into it. But when people deny it, then what people are saying is that I'm denying the communication that, or the, the more intimate relationship that I can have with them. Absolutely. Unknowing. Absolutely. And we, and people, you, 
you know, the biggest thing we've always talked about on this show is relationship and building that relationship back with, um, with God. So, um, Shonda, let me ask you this. Um, and me and pastor had kind of had this conversation when I was asking him to come on the show and in acts around 17, 18, um, Paul goes to Ephesus when he arrives on Ephesus, he meets some believers. And the first thing he says to them, have you received the Holy spirit since you believe now he acknowledged them as believers. He didn't say they weren't believers. He didn't say that they didn't know Jesus and trust God and had given their lives. But he said, have you received the Holy ghost since you believe? Mm -hmm. And they said, what is this Holy ghost? Who is this that Holy ghost that you're talking about? And then he taught them about it and they received the Holy ghost. So my thing is, when I watched this video of Alan Parr, he kind of mentioned that scripture, but he kind of mentioned it in a throwaway way. But my thing is, Paul acknowledged them as believers, but he made sure to speak about the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Mm -hmm. So what then was the evidence of that? You see what I'm saying? So there had to be evidence even for them to believe that they something different has happened. So when you hear that and people don't even even just think about because to me, that scripture is kind of black and white. That's not even a tone of gray in that. Yeah, for me, you can believe something and belief is important because what you believe controls your actions. Right. You know, if I believe it, then, okay, I start to shape, you know, my, my thoughts and my actions towards what my belief system is. So I can believe that, that there's a God and I can try my best to be a good person because I believe, you know, that God is real, but there's only so far that I can, there's only so far I can get with that, with just believing it. So you do need Holy spirit to go along with your beliefs because there's no way to accomplish what you believe without that power of Holy spirit to carry it out. He's the power. He's the comfort. Like, I can believe that I can get over some heartbreak. I can believe that I can get over the loss of my mother. I can believe all these things. But what power do I have to actually follow through with what I believe if Holy Spirit is absent? So, yeah, okay, they believe. Everybody had heard about, you know, right. heard about Jesus, heard about things that you can believe because you've heard about the magic. Right but you've never experienced the magic for yourself. So your belief will only take you so far. Okay. Well, so to piggyback that. So do you think that he, because remember this wasn't too far. We don't know the exact time frame, but this wasn't too far from um, the day of Pentecost um, with the apostles. Mm -hmm. And when they were all speaking of different tongues and things like that, do you think, um, he meant, all right, we going the Holy Ghost is going to fall on you and the evidence is going to show through speaking in tongues. Do you think that's what he meant in now, that? Now this, see, oh, I got my past on the line. No, go ahead. He see, don't. I think the question was more so like this. Okay. Since, since you say you believe, have you received the Holy Ghost? You know, um, there's a, a, a scripture in the Pauline epistles that says, um, the letter killeth the letter in that specific uh, scripture really means literal. So the literal will kill you, but the spirit gives life. So was he really saying, 
hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Or was he saying, hey, since you say you believe, have you received the Holy Spirit? Got you. I think it's more so, <clears throat> piggyback on, off of what you're saying, Shonda, is more so uh, receiving is, is like waiting in expectation. I've received many things that I was waiting in expectation, but there's some things that I've communicated with people about, like an email. Have you received that email? No, I haven't received that email. I wasn't expecting it. So the waiting expectation is to say, hey, I've, I've received that, and I'm opening up those attachments. The Holy Spirit is like that. When it when it falls on you, have to have that expectation and actually open it. So I believe that that was more so uh, within that connotation. Have you received the Holy Spirit? It's been sent. You need to open that up more so in that light versus the one like, hey, have you, you know, because like when I first got baptized, they sent me to a room. Recording in yeah, progress. I remember that. Yeah, they, they sent me to a room and was like, "You got a Terry." Yeah, you I got had a Terry. Terry. Yeah, and I got I got uh, I got baptized years ago. I, I think I want to want to say maybe have been ten years old, and I got baptized. And then they took me to a Terry room, and then they yeah. like, "Yeah, you're not ready." Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all right, then you so ain't I just ready. Walked out. Right, and then it was years ago. Oh, years later, you mean? Yeah, yeah, years later. Excuse me, years later that I finally actually understood the gifting that was always inside of me. I had to open it up and it, I opened it up by exposure. You know, um, my mom was very pivotal in that and, and, and us, um, understanding and seeing her walk around the house, you know, uh, speaking in tongues and, and walking in the spirit and seeing that I had to understand because a lot of times we're trapped within our belief. If you don't believe it, then you can't tap into it. Mm-hmm have to believe something in order to even open it up then once you believe then you can tap into that side that you actually have i think i said this once before it was years ago and a friend of mine uh had um a car and she was using a knox cord for a long time oh i remember remember that that? analogy and then she didn't even know it was another button in the car that said aux and aux meant bluetooth Mm -hmm. so she's driving years with a cord with a cord not even knowing she had Bluetooth. Right. This cord is tangled up around the the, the, the Steer, gear selector, right. everything. She's had this the whole time. But she, you know, didn't know. It's all about exposure. You know, you, you do have you have to first believe. Yeah, well that's that the first is. step. You have yeah. And confess it with reward. your mouth and believe it in your heart. Them. Yeah, a reward of them, you know. And so for me, the Holy Spirit enters. And immediately introduces himself. There's no need for him to to arrive and sit and wait dormantly for what he has been waiting to do your entire life, which was show up and have governorship in you. Okay. So the moment he lands, he speaks. So before you believe that he is, yes, I believe. Now, okay, that's great. I'm glad that you believe. Not, not, yeah, evident. I get what you're saying. So, because I'll say people, we we allow people to say that they are believers for years, and there's no evidence, right? At some point, you, the truth needs to of be the matter has just got to be, be put a, out there. Like, hey, God evidences Himself. Right. Show me in the Bible where God showed up, and you didn't know, right? So, what? How do you feel about that, Pastor? Well, I, I think the pattern is set in the Bible in um, Mark chapter 16, verse number, uh, starting with verse number. 
15. It says, he's saying, you go into all the world, go into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. And he that believeth is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, which means influences, and they shall speak with new tongues. Okay, and they shall take if they shall take any servants, you know, they shall take away serpents. If they shall drink any dirty things, shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall and they shall be healed. I'm reading a different version. Yeah, but, I got you. But all I'm saying is that right there. As it's been said, if you believe, these signs are going to follow you. So if you believe, you're going to speak the new tongue. That's, <laughs> just, that's just, right. Just Judge <laughs> <laughs> Judy. All right. For the plaintiff, get out. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I understand because even Shonda, it brought to my remembrance when you talked about he comes in and makes room and just begins to speak. And it brings me back to when I tarried for the Holy Ghost. First time I was at church, it didn't happen. A few months later, I'm at my grandparents' house. And I remember I'm tearing, I'm tearing, I'm tearing. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget it because it, 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 it sits right like on my frontal lobe. I'm tearing, I'm praying, and then I just turn to my left and I throw up. Oh, <laughs> and oh, that fast to get excited. No, they get fast to keep excited because I already know what he's oh, thinking. That, that's the deliverance right yeah. there. Let him use you. Let, let, let him <laughs> fast to keep like let him use you. But um, I immediately turned to my left and I throw up, and I didn't stop. The minute I threw, not the second I threw up, I came back and started praying, and it. I mean, it was it was. Flowing like just rivers of flowing. Look how excited he, he liked that right there. <laughs> it was just flowing at that point. And like you said, he was making room for himself, but it was some things in me that needed to come out before he can come in. Right. So I had to let that loose. And because most people, I mean, let's be honest. We somewhere somebody throw up. You all right, stop what we doing. Clean we got to clean out. up, clean up on our six. But it was like I did it, and Nicole was with me. It was Nicole, her good friend Cherie. They just went, got mops, and cleaned it up. Right, and like no, you don't flinch. No, you God doing something. Yeah, and 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 it fell on me, and 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 it just dropped. What were you want to say faster? Because I. No, I, I, I was saying, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right up, right up your alley. But so, um, so then when I hear us talking, I can bring up Acts. Pastor Keith just brought up um, uh, Mark, Mark. Uh, chapter sixteen, and even the um, the the point Stephen made about the Bluetooth and things like that. I guess I and and I know what you're gonna say, Pastor Keith, about the enemy and just confusion and separation. It almost reminds me of the show we did about the different denominations. But why sometimes then? Let me ask you this, and I'll start with you, Pastor Keith. Why sometimes when it's black and white, like you just read right there in Mark 16? Because you know we can sit and say there are things that the Bible doesn't emphatically give a yes or a no to. But the things that it emphatically does give a, you these are the things that have followed those who believe. Why is there still so much debate 
do you do you think even when it says it like that because you even hear in certain scriptures well that part those that part might not have been written with the original text so is that part even you you know what i'm saying so why is it then when sometimes when it's just that black and white that we get people like alan parr who's dropped some videos that i've really liked and things like that but he's just telling people no you don't need this well, I, I think there's several things that um, um, that impacts that, and most things I, I believe that the the majority of things that impact is how we were brought up, what we were educated with, what and who told us, and those authorities that told us that we looked up to. And I believe if you were brought up in a particular religious group or you were brought up with a particular belief. It's hard to tear down that stronghold of belief because you're, you're, you have the glasses on of what was taught to you or the people gave you the glasses. And so you view those things through those particular glasses. And so when you read a scripture, if you have something inside of you or you have learned something that you attach to yourself or you hold dear to you, it's hard to see that for what it is. And the only thing that really can break that is the revelation of, of the Holy Spirit exploding inside of you to give you that revelation. For instance, there's many people that didn't believe in the Holy Spirit until they went into a Pentecostal um, surrounding or uh, people that were talking in tongues. So when they walked in there, their glasses changed because now they're hearing it and they're experiencing it and now they can accept it. But before then, they never had the evidence. Their evidence was nothing was happening. Their evidence that that actually co- coincided what they believed was there. Nobody was talking in tongues. Nobody was speaking. They went to church. They never heard it. All they heard from the poop is that this hasn't occurred. Um, and and so I think it uh, has to do with co- uh, background, where you came from, culture, which is based on world knowledge. The, the revelation of knowledge is heavenly. And when that impacts you, then it can change you. It's the only thing that can break down the yoke um, or break down those strongholds or belief systems in our heart. So I think that's um, I think that's one reason you go or something has disappointed you. Or the second one is you seen something and it did not, you know, really hit you. It kind of gave a bad taste in your mouth. So if you see somebody speaking in tongues and pointing at someone or they're doing something that, you know, that's kind of crazy in your perspective and not without understanding, then all of a sudden you say, oh, no, that is just crazy. I'm not doing nothing like that. And then you automatically shut down on it and say they're crazy and all of that. So I think that these are like the two main perspectives. I think there's any others what has to do with influences, what people say, who's in your life, who's the who's the most influential in your life that can tell you, even though you see it and listen to them or listen to that. But that's my foundational um, answer to the, all that, you know, you're asking. Okay. What about you, Rabbi? Um, I, I think that people view the Bible as being written by men. And I think they see it through their own fallibility. So for them, that negates the infallibility of the word. And then you have things like the Council of Nicaea, where they were trying to decide what goes in the Bible, what, what doesn't. There were people who were paid to put things in or to leave things out. Then you have the Egyptian Coptic Bible that deals with the things that were um, taken out to create the slave Bible. And so all of these things are, are knowledge. It's knowledge that's out there. So people have difficulty believing 
that this is the guideline that I should use to govern my life when you could have had just paid somebody to put this in there or you could have just paid somebody to leave that out. How do you know? This is why the Holy Spirit is in This is why we need him more than we need our own wisdom and our own judgment. You can't judge righteously without Holy Spirit. You cannot have a revelation, not interpretation of the word, without Holy Spirit. We need him because he was there from the beginning, before um, all of these things happened, before there were all of these interpretations, before the Polish Bible uh, was, was done, before there were words added in um, to make sense to people during their time. All of these things affect how people see and view and when all you have are your own devices, you man just like me, you're not about to tell me what to do. Holy Spirit is what we need. Absolutely. Steph? Um, yeah, uh, without the Holy Spirit, you're almost guaranteed to get lost. <laughs> you know, it's for, a compass. Yeah, it's a compass, 100%. Uh, like Romans uh, chapter 8, and 5 and 6 says, those who live in accordance to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Tells you right there. You know, I mean, we battle daily, and I can say for myself, I battle daily with listening to what the Holy Spirit wants and what I want mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. And it's an ever-evolving thing. Paul mm-hmm. talked about that, the two war, the yeah. warring. I was just thinking that we said, like Paul said, now right. what I want to do, the I, good that I want to do, I don't do that. Right. But the things that I don't want to do, I do those that. are the things that I do. So I find that there's a law in my members warn against the law of my mind. Now people can see that happening in their own lives. Like you can look at the word and see it happening. You're experiencing it. You're living it, but you'll debate the accuracy of it. And it's, and you're living through it right now. Right. But you debate the <laughs> right. accuracy of it. Even though you're living it in the moment. Right. The, as you would say, the cognitive dissident. Oh, man. That, that goes into that. But, you know, I, I, another thing is it's really been helping. Uh, me and Pastor had a talk uh, a couple weeks ago, and we talked on meditating on the word. Pastor, I need to have more conversations with you because these <laughs> fellas just. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, we hadn't talked in a while. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so when I saw him, we actually had a good conversation <laughs> about meditating on the word. Yeah. And when you meditate on the word, it begins to transform within you. Right. You know, and you, you actually transform within your mindset. Because you start to impart those words because those words of God are living. Yeah, yeah. they're alive. So as you continue to impart those words and you believe exactly the word that God is saying, that you actually use that to him. Because yeah. those are actually, like we talked about before, everybody's clipping coupons to go to better health or whatever and, and use that to get a box of vitamins for 30% off, but nobody's using a word to get the actual coupons that God has for the spirit. Hey, I said this. So if I said this and you tell me I said this, that's the only time that you can make God the responder and we can initiate what he already initiated. Right. Any other thing that we initiate, God just doesn't respond that way. We're not the initiators. He's the initiator. We're the responder. And when you right. hit him back with his word, you said he in your responds. word, Father, yeah, he yeah. that's this. You said in your yeah. word, the first will be last, and the exactly. last will be first. He's the source. He's the source. Everything else is a resource. Bam, man. Hold on, hold on. God, we ain't, I mean, we've been, I ain't even hit the board today, but Shondo had to drop at least one for us, had to drop at least one. So, um, last big question, and I'll start with you, Pastor. Um, 
So what about people that say, okay, yeah, you got to have the, the the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is the evidence in it. But what about the interpretation part? What about the people that, because in the gift of the Spirit, talk about those who speak in tongues and then those who interpret. And some people say, well, if y'all speaking in tongues, somebody needs to be there and interpret it, or y'all just talking in gibberish. Well, that's, you're talking about a gift. Yeah. There's language of heaven, which we as his people have. Absolutely. This is what we call our prayer language. This is where we intercede and we pray for individuals and the things that we don't know how to pray for. The Holy Spirit uh, gives us words or gives us intercession. Or, or gives us words and guides us in our prayer life. This is where we edify our spirit. This is a totally different thing than the gift of interpretation and the gift of tongues. Okay. The tongues is actually to edify the body as a whole. So you have somebody in service, you know, they start speaking in tongues. There's a message that God wants to give. He, he gives them the, 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 the tongue or, or for it in a language, whether it's a heavenly, whether it's a language on earth, and then somebody else stands up and interprets that. That is the operation of the gifting of, of tongues. Which is different the, than than the, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Right. Okay. Right. The Holy Spirit is given to you to build you and to lead and to guide you into all truth. As uh, Shonda was saying and uh, Steph was saying, he leads and guides you in truth. So this is, is the tongue that you as an individual have is to build you, to build within you the things of God, to direct you, to guide you, to lead you in truth. However, when you are doing interpretation of tongues and you're doing tongues, that is a gifting, and that gifting is for the edification of the body of Christ not an individual. You can be built by that, but you have a work to do to build yourself through the Holy Spirit inside of you. But the gift of tongues um, has to do with God giving me a message to a group, to a body, or to uh, use as a salvation message for those that have a language that you're speaking, not yours, but theirs. And so there's many instances that you see that they in, it's in in the latter day times many where people speak in tongues on the radio and they're in a different country and the country he whoever's hearing them in that country hears what is being said in their language okay or someone that's in a group they hear a language being spoken someone stands up and interpret that language this is one of the reasons why there has to be a judgment when those things happen and so those, those are two different things so 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 you're saying, just so we're clear for the listeners that the 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 Holy Spirit when it comes and dwells in in us is different yeah. than when it talks about in the gift gifting part. In the, in the, okay, two okay. different. Okay, I just want to make sure uh, people understood that. So then, let me ask you this real quick: Do you understand how that can be somewhat confusing then to some people? It's always confusing, you know. There's most people are confused with it because there's somebody, you know, speaking in tongues and they might be building themselves up in the Holy Spirit as is identified in Corinthians. But then someone says, well, what did they say? Well, the, the question is, were they building themselves up or was that a word for the congregation or of the people that they're at? 
And so this is where there has to be uh, knowledge and judgment, because if you're building yourself up, you know, the Bible talks about you need to tone it down, you know, right. up and don't speak loud. But if there's something that is in, in that's for the body, there's going to be something that's going to actually happen in the atmosphere or something is going to be said or something's going to be done to trigger that God is speaking to this person and we're going to need interpretation. But if you don't have an interpreter, then you can't you can't interpret it. And therefore, that prophecy may be lost or it may come back. So that's how I, I view it. I've seen that and I've seen that work um, many times. Um, and then I also see where people build themselves up in the spirit through tongues. You know, okay. Dave Robertson. Oh, know, yeah. You know, yeah. Dave Robertson. Great book, by the way. And it is free online still. Uh, what is it? Um Something of the spirit walk. Yep, yep, yep. There, walk of spirit, walk of power. So, Shonda, do you can you see where that confusion can come in? <laughs> she, Shonda said, well, "I got the Holy Spirit, and it led me to understand that that ain't there's a difference." I mean, I, I can see how how it can be confusing. I can also because he brought that up on his video, and this isn't like a direct response to Alan Parr's video, but it's just to me and I and like pastor said at the very beginning this is a good conversation to have cuz these are questions that people have and the the whole premise of road to damascus was to put stuff out there that are discussions that need to be had and things like that so just want to I can see how it can be confusing I can also see how it can be used as an excuse you know I can see how many people can use it as an excuse well everybody don't everybody's not going to get the gift of tongues so it's not necessary for everybody to speak um, right. So you would, I'd really have to have a conversation with that individual to see. So are you for really you, is it, or are you just making an excuse because you absolve yourself of the accountability, you know, of receiving the Holy Spirit, so you can keep living the way that you're living? Um, because usually that's what it is. Um, because the, the the Bible is really pretty clear. You know, it's pretty clear that when Holy Spirit arrives. He has a language. He's going to speak out of you that language. Is Acts 2.38, um, when they didn't know what to do and they asked the question, hey, what do we do to be saved? They repent, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive. You know, for me, it is the privilege of a lifetime to have Holy Spirit speak out of you. It's the privilege of a lifetime. I agree with that. That in itself is a gift. So... <laughs> I had to hit that. I agree with that. So for me, they are just as connected as they are, you know, separate. Because okay. once you speak, <laughs> you, you can speak again and again and, <laughs> and again. again and again. Absolutely. Steph? Um, I, I think um, intellect can be a destroyer of belief because we have to rationalize everything. And a lot of people are using that, that component to try to rationalize everything, even giftings within the spirit, uh, when they speak about people that, you know, may prophesy or or have the giftings of, you know, being able to see the word and God downloading things within your spirit, it's the exact same thing. And we we think that we have to rationalize every single thing that God is doing. And you don't. And we don't. It's not even necessary that you well, understand it all. Well, scripture says, and it's funny because Stephan just brought this up several times, and the scripture that keeps coming to my mind is, and say, he who gains knowledge gains sorrow. And it's like the more you begin to know, it can be 
a gift and a curse because you begin to question more things and begin to look at things through a lens of cynicism as opposed to looking through things like as they are right. and being more cynical because it's like, well, I've read more. I know more. Maybe this isn't what it's supposed to be. Maybe this isn't what it's said to be. When you talked about, you know, like people start talking about the Council of Nicaea and things like that. And, you know, when I read those things and look up those things, I look at them as a person who wants to be able to defend the word apologetics per se. But other people look at them as or get that information and it begins to insert itself and they begin to act. It gives them more questions than answers that they have. Right. I think people really overlook the intelligence of Holy Spirit. They forsake his intelligence for their own. Because when you're in, when there's a corporate body of people gathered, you know, in the house of God, and there's a message that's coming forth, nobody thinks that, that he's aware that this is about to happen. When those tongues roll out like the thunderous sound from heaven, there's a plan in place. There's somebody already there with the interpretation if it's for the body. And I've seen it, and everything just kind of calms down and just comes to a quiet, and you can still feel that, that atmosphere that something's about to come. And then he comes forth with, in English, what was being said in the spirit. Like, why do people think that Holy Spirit is ignorant? Oh, yeah. Well, no. Because um, he's not. Our cousin Carl, who just passed away recently, at his uh at his funeral, yep. they said that he was at church and somebody began to speak in tongue, like just out loud. And he stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord, right. interpreting what that person was saying. He said, and um Dorian Cass, uh, who's the pastor at Life Application Ministry, said that the whole church just began to sh- I mean, it was just like and but because it didn't it was for the whole body. And, and it happened that way. So that, that was a, a beautiful thing. And and then just one last thing. And I think you've shown this video before in church pastor, but there was a video once um, that ABC did um, nightly news. And they had a person come on yep. and they hooked monitors up yep. to their brain. I remember that. And as they are hooking these monitors up to their brain, these people begin to speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. And, and they're monitoring their brain as they're speaking in tongues. Right. It was a black woman. And yep. after they monitor her and she spoke and they went back and looked at the, um, the, um, the brain scan that the part of the brain that was being affected was the part that governs language. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, like, you know, you could just say gibberish and, it won't come as a language, right? but the part that governs our language and how we speak and understand and interpret, that was the part of her brain that was working at that moment. How can it not be like we were designed and created by him? The whole purpose was for him to be able, like pastor had taught before, it would be illegal, you know, for, for God to enter the earth realm without permission. So how does he get governorship in the earth? Jesus had to die to release the Holy spirit. How could it not have been designed from the beginning for that to be? 
all that didn't come in effect, you know, when you received, you know, Holy he ain't wing it. He didn't right. wing it. He'd be like, there from the beginning, like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm going to send my spirit. It's going to show up by speaking in tongues. So I need to be able to control the part of the brain that deals with language. It's been set like that from the beginning. Tongues and prophecy go together. Tongues is a sign not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. Prophecy is not for the unbeliever. It's for the believer. So why wouldn't when tongues go forth, there'll be somebody there to reveal what's being said? Come on, use your head for something other than ad rack. <laughs> hey, just so you know, Pastor Keith, you in Shonda's church right now. <laughs> <laughs> you so, but you remember you saw that video. You remember, I think you showed it to us, Pastor Keith. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think I'm gonna put a link to that on the uh, when I drop this episode this week, just for people to check that out. You ever seen it, Steph? No, I never. Seen I'm, I'm gonna send it to you. I send it to you. I it was, was all in when you were talking. Like, like <laughs> really? <laughs> I remember when it was on uh, ABC Nightly yeah. News. It's like, and and again, that those are the type of things that people need to to be abreast of, to let you know it's not just people talking in gibberish and not just things like that. So, um, all right, hold on one second. So that's, that is the sound for the block is hot. And I know Shonda looked like she got something she want to say, but the block is hot is for pastor Keith. Now, pastor, (laughs) you've listened to this podcast and I want to thank you for listening and um, being one of our uh, main listeners. And, you know, um, uh, Shonda said you said things to her. You've sometimes reached out to me. Um, nobody calls Stefan. So no. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just so I know there were a couple of um, shows that we had that you might not necessarily agree with some of the things, not, you know, just you have a difference of opinion. And, and I, one thing, and I'll say this to people that's listening. One thing that I absolutely love and admire about my pastor is he is down for discussion. If you don't absolutely 100% agree with him, he will, um, is very, a person that will, will agree to disagree. And you don't have a lot of pastors and ministers like that, that, let you express well, I disagree with you in that point. They, their egos won't allow them to. So one thing I just want to say to you, Pastor Keith, I commend you and thank you for Absolutely. allowing us as um, people uh, that um, look at you as our mentor, as our pastor, for allowing us to have our voice, even when you like, well, we'll just agree to disagree right. and keep it to moving as opposed to <laughs> you heretic. What right. do you believe? What is coming out of your mouth or whatever? So the floor is yours, Pastor. He's, he's the floor never is yours. Put us out or right. suggest that we go somewhere else. You know, you know there are, are, are other churches in the in Detroit is the Metro Detroit area is full of them. Right. It's full of them. Wherever you want to go. So thank you. So thank much, you so Pastor. much for that. Um, you guys do a wonderful job of giving different perspectives. And I think that they're great. I think that all of the perspectives that are given is needed to be discussed, both good, both bad, negative. I think all of it needs to be discussed because it all needs to go out there. And as uh, Rabbi Shonda said, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give us the true revelation, whether we're right or we're wrong. And so that's, and so, you know, there, um, you know, I, I always believe, um, and it's always seems to though, you know, 
when we talk about church, we give a kind of an overall view of it's the entire church. And, and I, and I'm a defender of the church. I believe in the church. I believe in the bride of Christ. I believe in the called ones. I don't think that everybody out there is doing bad. I don't think everybody out there is trying to get money. And I think there's some very, very wonderful and good pastors out there that's trying to do the best they can. We all make mistakes as pastors. We all, we all have to acknowledge the fact that we don't know everything and sometimes we go astray. And I think that's the true uh, profile of, uh, of pastors. Um, overall, but you have to know that there are, that uh, there are good pastors. Absolutely. There are pastors that love their people. They love their people to the point where they sacrifice themselves. They sacrifice money. They, they give, they do all of that. And I believe that there's some very, very good pastors out there. Unfortunately, what we see on TV or on platforms, always give the world a negative view of the church. And I think that there has to be a balance brought to that. You know, we need to know that there are good churches. We need to know that there's bad churches and we need to know that the, that the enemy is trying to give us the view of the bad so that the people can't see the good. And so I think that, you know, we need to always acknowledge that as, um, as you know, if we're on the radio or all of that, we need to always acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that. Amen. Now, this is a very controversial subject. Uh, <laughs> what I get ready to say? Oh no, go uh, ahead. We 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 ready. <laughs> we ready. We always <laughs> trust me. We always ready. When we when we when we when we talk about uh, rights of women. Okay, I knew that's what you were going to bring out. <laughs> I felt it in my spirit. <laughs> the spirit. The spirit within me. No, go ahead. I, I, I believe that every woman has a right to do whatever they want to their bodies. I do believe that. But I also believe that if you are a believer, I believe that you need to stand firm against abortions. Um, I think you need to stand firm, you know, that, that your body has been made by God to bring forth life. Now, you know, if you lay down, and you get pregnant, you can't blame society. You can't blame that was something that you did. And so, you know, if you bring life in here, obviously God knew the life was coming. But if you abort that life, you abort the mission that God gives to that individual. And I don't think we think about that. Um, and then we want, we want society to pay for what we did. You know, you lay down, we want to include it in our, you know, the benefits or if I get pregnant and I don't want the child, I'm going to have the society pay for, my employer pay for what we have decided to do or what I decided to do, whether it was made a mistake or on purpose. You know, um, if you make a decision to do that, then you should be the one to pay for it. But I, I, uh, if you decide that you're going to do that, I'm against that. But if you decide to do that, then pay for your own stuff. Don't allow society to be brought in to that, uh, that issue and pay for something that you decide that you want to do. Like cosmetic um, surgery. If you want to change something. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but uh, this has to do with life. This has to right. do with, 
God-ordained life that is being brought into a world. You never know what that person may be. That person, God may save and change the world, but you have aborted the assignment because you aborted that. And I don't think that we think about that. We think about the rights more than we do that this is a God. God has, you know, God knew it was coming. God already knew what he was going to do. So God already had a plan for that particular child to come into the world. Now, you decide to abort that, that's on you. But don't bring society, don't bring us into that and have us, you know, uh, pay for it and all the things that they're talking about doing. Because I think that, you know, that that is something that we as believers should not be a partaker of. Gotcha. And so that's 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 my view on it. I believe in that women have rights. I believe in all of that. I believe that he can make a decision on what they want to do. But don't make it a law. Don't make it a law that says that you can do something. We should be against it as a nation, which I know that, you know, as a nation right now, we're like that, but, you know, there's all kind of uproars about that. But I believe in the God life. I believe that someone comes in here, that's God ordained. If you take that away from them, then you have to stand before God and and, and deal with that. Um, you can do it if you want to, but don't bring the whole country in. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So, I'll, Rabbi, you were sitting here the whole time just <laughs> contemplate. So, I'll, I'll let Rabbi go first. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold you know, on. Maybe. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the government should stay out of it um, all, all the way around. I do believe that the original um, ordination of, of man is to produce seed and women carry eggs. I think it was ordained by God for the union of man and woman that they would marry and reproduce children after their kind. So if I, knowing that I'm an egg-bearing female, lay down with a seed-carrying male, I know that there's a possibility that those two things may meet. There's a billion seed released, and there's only one that makes it. So, hey, this has to be a God-ordained thing. That's if I lay down. I should not make the choice if that happens to abort the mission. I don't believe in abortion. I would never have one. That's always been my choice. That's if I lay down. Now, if I'm laid down by someone or if there's a child under the age of consent who is laid down by someone who ends up with an egg who, that is fertilized, I think they have the choice of what they're going to do with that because I don't believe at the inception that that thing is life. If so, then I should be able to have a life insurance policy right here and a whole bunch of other things that I should be able to get right here at inception if, in fact, it is um, a life. So, yeah. I think women do have the choice. And I don't think we should take anybody's choice away about anything because God never did. Of all the rules, of, or maybe I shouldn't say rules, but of all the things um, that are even in the Bible, we still have the choice as to whether or not you're going to do it. If you force me to do it, you never know what my choice is. Um, let people do what they do, and you see exactly where their heart is. So, yeah, that, that's my stance. But no, I don't support it. I wouldn't do it. Right. But I've also sat with people through the process. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well <laughs> um, 
I, I'm, I've always been of the opinion also that um, I've never had an abortion. Don't plan on having any. So <laughs> I've never personally had one. Don't personally plan on having one. Plan on having one. No, no. All jokes. Is, well, go ahead. Ask you your know, question. Is, you know, if 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 women. If it is, hey, you shouldn't get abortion. Should men get vasectomies? Either way, you well, stop. Well, I've I've gotten a vasectomy. I'm saying I, that. You I'm, know, I know. You know. But yeah. should we stop the seed bearing, egg fertilizing process in any way? Right. Well, let me. Yeah, I get so because some people have told me I was wrong for getting a vasectomy. That I've cut off what God is intended for my seed to be, and things like that. I did get some of that feedback, Pastor Keith. Um, and I yeah. just want you to know that um, I don't think that we're too far off in our beliefs and how we carry. Um, I just don't believe that, again, the government should tell anybody what to do. And and that's the part where I fall. Just like uh, like you said, if people want to do what they want to do, um, let them do what they're going to do. And I, I mean, it's most companies that do pay for. Uh, abortion through their insurance are companies that just do it across the board that don't feel any like I know Apple will I, I, I could stand corrected but I know somebody who got one that worked at Apple and insurance paid for it um, and things like that I, that's the one I just know off the top of my head and if I'm wrong please forgive me I want to you know whatever but I'm almost a hundred percent positive they will so I, but I understand what you're saying as far as my government dollars, my tax dollars, paying for those type of things that I don't um, agree and support. So, you know, th th those conversations are very important, and I agree with that. Um, but also, I'm one that likes to dive into the numbers, Pastor Keefer. You know how I am about yeah. that. And when I find out that 70% of the women who get abortions are women that already have kids— and uh, of those 70 percent, I think like 60 percent say it was based on financial um, decision and things like that. Um, so you start to dive into the numbers and say, well, why do you know why as a society have we put these pressures and things like that? We, you know, to me, yeah, don't pay for abortions, but let's pay for um, pre pre-K for kids to be able to, you know, um, go to um school so parents can work and things like that i mean and you've probably seen it firsthand look at the cost of groceries right now i just saw this thing Man. that said this year ain't no egg easter hunt because right. eggs is way too expensive to be dying them and hiding <laughs> like, right. you we know eating we eating every through. egg that come through this house we ain't hiding them and putting them up like and things like that so i just think that um you know i i agree I agree with you from that standpoint. So I think I think there's just like little small things that we might disagree on. Yeah, just nuances. But I think for the most part, we we have the same. Um, uh, we're on the same street at least. Now you might be a few houses down. Oh yeah, he lived down there, <laughs> but, but we on the but we on the same block. He lived way right. down. See, well, I say I just say, oh, Pastor Keith live up the street. Right. He'd be like Brock and Shonda. They live way. <laughs> way down there like a country mile away so no i appreciate that and other than that was there any other um topics that we had that kind of kind of perk perked the uh hairs on the back of your neck 
Well, nothing perfect here in the back of my neck. Where <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, I just, I just, I just, I just think that you know any discussion that we have, which you you do do, um, I think it has to be a good balance to it, right? Because there's going to always be a negative. There's always going to be a positive, and and vice versa. There's always going to be different. Um, but I think the You're breaking up a little bit. Hold on, Pastor. All right, so Pastor, we were just having a little technical difficulties. Can you make that point again that you were going with? Um, I, I, I was saying that what what we need to do is that we need to get all the views out. Right. And that's the only way we can come to, uh, you know, to put before God to get the real revelation of what it is. Absolutely. Um, all views are valuable. I think all views are necessary. You know, um, I think there are views that needs to be uh said because no one has it all absolutely you know, i don't um but i do know that you know a good balance of discussion is always good absolutely you know? well I, i'll say this pastor keith not to cut you off i do often try to invite people and look for people that i know have a deferring view from me one, I'm pretty sure most often than not, I could probably reach out to you, but I know you're busy, a pastor. But if you have somebody that you know that, you know, I can say, hey, pastor, I'm looking for somebody. And if you want to send them my way, I'll definitely have them on the podcast as a deferring voice. Because I, I, because at the end of the day, whether a person agree with me or disagree with me, I just want people to have all sides of it. So that's why even sometimes and Shonda and Stefik in the test, I ask questions in a way, almost as a, for less lack of a better term, as a devil's advocate, knowing that there are questions that people will have within that. So even within this discussion we had today about the Holy Ghost, I know there'll be people that say, well, what about talking in tongues and interpretation? Well, what about, you know, just giving that, that other side. So if I don't have a person who's here that necessarily will say, um, I don't agree with that. Then you have to ask questions in a way that you can, you know, almost like get a different opinion about what they may say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, but I think it's a, I think it's necessary to get a good view that you have both, you know, the sides of the fence. Yeah. Like Fox news and MSNBC. <laughs> no, I, I get I it. But I like that because I learned from I learned from it too. You know, I believe that we are ever learning, and consistently learning and learning and learning, and um, and truth will always prevail at the end of the day. Absolutely. Whether, so absolutely. Well, I, I want to uh, thank you, Pastor Keith. I want to thank you, Shonda. I want to thank you, Stefan. I'm looking forward to a big season three from all of us. I think this show is going. Uh, um, continue to elevate, and if the, the first seven days of this new year is, if the rest of the year gonna be like these first seven days, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be some heavy happening. So we, uh, you know, we always close out the show with some uh, final opinions and some uh, words to leave by based on the topic. Um, I've already asked Pastor Keith beforehand to have the last word. So Steph, I always start with you. So go ahead. <clears throat> Yeah, I got something the less uh, flammable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, just piggybacking off of what we said today, uh, really, in order to understand the spirit, you have to spend time with God. And 
the more time you spend with God, the more you'll be able to unlock those things and giftings that the Holy Spirit has. Just as Pastor Keith just said, we're forever learning. And so I like to take the thought, and I know me and Brock have talked about it before, what are the things that right now in the present that I'm going to look in the future back on and say, I wish I would have known. So that means I, it's some things that I don't know and I want to learn. So I have to keep an open mind to not think that I've got everything figured out and I know everything, but to keep my mind open and my heart open to whatever God wants in my life that I can be used and I can understand and unlock those things and give things that I don't know that I already have. So that's, Amen. Thank you, Steph. Rabbi. Okay. Um, I think we, as a, a body, have allowed ourselves to be separated by, separated by some of the minutest of things. Um, I can say this with full assurance that Holy Spirit is real, that tongues is the language of communication. It is the language of heaven. And how can you be in a full relationship with anyone that you can't communicate with? And if that's not enough and you're still in doubt, I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So you want me to hit the horn for that? You want me to hit the horn for that? Um, I've enjoyed this discussion. I've enjoyed um, what we've talked about. Um, again, I can sit here and tell you that you could tell me a hundred times over that you don't believe in speaking in tongues. And I could tell you a hundred times over that on August 17th, 1999, when the Holy Spirit fell on me, it was the realest thing that ever happened. So as Pastor Keith said, to understand it, you have to experience it. And until you experience it, you'll never understand it. Pastor? Yeah, I, I agree with what you, everyone has said. I think it's uh, the Holy Spirit is who we need in this time, especially during this time. And uh, I think the best way to say it is in John chapter 16, where it says, uh, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak for himself, him, not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will glorify me for he shall glorify me for he shall receive a mind and, sh and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I, that he shall take a mind and show it unto you. And so I think that if we embrace the Holy Spirit, embrace the work of the Holy Spirit, then we will experience the Holy Spirit in every area of our life, both in the natural and in the spiritual. Because he is the guide, he leads us into all truth and the revelation of that truth. And I think that if we embrace it and experience him, you'll find that he can take us into deeper levels that we've never, ever experienced before. And so I would encourage everyone, if you're a believer, to receive the Holy Spirit. If you haven't received him, then you just need to lift your hands up and just declare, well, Holy Spirit, come up on me and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you and receive him so that you can grow and grow and grow into the things that God has assigned for you in life. Oh. Thank you, Pastor Keith. And with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm looking forward to this year, this season. And until next time, thank you and God bless.